0: Welcome to Doing It On Purpose, your shortcut to reinventing yourself with a few giggles along the way for all good brown girls and beyond. I'm Dal, aka The Happyologist, your host, and after 20 years of a lot of work, I've finally bossed this reinventing myself thing. As a self-proclaimed good brown girl, I've uncovered wellbeing secrets from my global travels and I'm saving you a few decades of work and sharing practical tips for your own reinvention and to help you find your purpose. And I'll be joined by some seriously smart, good brand girls from the field of psychology, therapy, health and well-being. So if you're ready for a life upgrade, stay tuned. And don't forget to follow The Happyologist on social media for your daily dose of happy habits. I'm Dal, The Happyologist and I am doing this on purpose. Hi everyone, it's your pal Dal. Thanks for joining us today. We're into the new year, and in this series, we're focusing on harnessing a healthy new you, uh, physically and mentally. So I am super, super happy to introduce a very special guest, Dr. Denise Freeman. and we can also, aka Dr. D, a chartered psychologist based in London. And Dr. D's journey in psychology began. Gosh, back in 1998, when she volunteered as a counsellor working with juveniles, and she then went on to qualify in psychology in 2009, and was awarded a doctorate in counselling psychology in 2015. And she has a ridiculous numerous amount of qualifications under about there's too many to mention but it does include hypnotherapy theta healing nlp emdr the list is absolutely endless and dr d is uh, very much global she's practiced not only in the uk but in finland netherlands the US, Romania, Malaysia, Nepal, you're somewhere in Europe now, I think. So, really, really happy to have you on board. And what I love about Dr. D is that, you know, she employs a huge range of psychological models and techniques through the kind of integrative psychotherapy that she does and very specific to needs. So, huge welcome to you, Dr. D. First off, can I say that this is absolutely the biggest honor for me. And for our listeners, I know you've been approached to do many a podcast and media in the past. I'm not surprised with all your kind of accreditations uh, and I know you've been mega busy. So, so blessed to hear you talk today. And just for the benefit of our listeners, I had the privilege of working with Dr. D over a decade now when I was actually in the deepest, darkest depths of anxiety, and she helped me you know, reframe my thinking, understand why I thought a certain way and why I acted a certain way. And I am absolutely hugely indebted to you, Dr. D, for all of that. And I really, really wanted our listeners to benefit from some of your wisdom. So thank you for that. So on to today's topic of discussion, we're talking about the power of our mind and how it drives all our actions and behaviors. So much of the things we do and the way we act sits in our subconscious mind you know, we tend to say it's just our personality or our genetic makeup. So we don't have any control of it. But you know, psychology is such a huge area to cover in one podcast. But um, I want to hone in on a really important area of psychology, which once we've worked through can really help change you in so many ways. And that's limiting beliefs. And I've done uh, quite a few social media posts and blogs around this as huge interest around it. And it continues to be an area which is quite important, not least in South Asian communities. You know, it plays a huge role in how our lives play out. And actually, you know, once we understand this and really get under the skin of it, as you know, Dr. D you did for me, we can transform our lives for the better. And especially as we are starting in this new year, and some of us really want to grow in, in you know, a number of ways, this will really help hugely. So again, I'm so psyched to get into this with you. And I just really want to start with the basics. So I guess, what are limiting beliefs and, and why do we need to, to bother about them?
1: Mm. So first up, thank you, Dal, for um, getting me on here. Now, limiting beliefs. I think before we go to limiting beliefs, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is a belief? A nice way to, to sort of put it is if we think about faith, you know, faith is 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 a belief. It's not governed by a fact. It's, you know, we, we put credence on it. We, we put value onto it. And we might say faith is a belief and um, science is evidence without belief. It's a nice way of putting it. So you might say that in, in some, a belief is something that that is an idea, it's it's a thought or a feeling that we put faith in, that we put value to, and a limiting belief is something that is a belief that doesn't serve us. It's a belief that we have that may not be based on fact, but it's something that we that we have learned, we've acquired, and something that perhaps sets us back. It might in- It might impact our health. It might impact our relationships and keeps us in a state of stuckness.
0: That's quite powerful stuff though. And I think it's really important for us to understand how it impacts us, you know, on a day to day. But one of the things I really wanted to understand is, you know, can having limiting beliefs harm you? So, you know, I'm just thinking particularly in relationships. So, you know, people staying in relationships that don't serve them, you know, sometimes not being able to, I suppose, make a decision to move forward uh, away from something which is toxic in their lives. You know, is that part of limiting beliefs? Is that, you know, so I'm certainly thinking about kind of the new year where we say, right, the start of the, the new year, and I've certainly do this, I do this every year as so I say, right, I'm, I'm going to, you know, write my book, or I'm going to go on to think about a new career move, or actually this relationship doesn't serve me anymore, do limiting beliefs have an impact in terms of allowing us to move forward to do some of those things, which almost feel aspirational, but but kind of stop us in our tracks?
1: Mm. What an excellent question. So there's a, there was an article in the uh, Journal of Clinical Psychology that said that in that particular year, forty percent of people would um, you know would sort of think, well, I want to change a behavior, but ninety two percent. Will find it difficult to maintain that new change in behavior. And so what we find is, you know, when it comes to to limiting beliefs, yes, it can hold you back in so many areas of our lives. And and I think what it is is though we, we need to ask a very important question, and, and that is, could it be, and I'm being a little bit controversial, mm. that limiting beliefs, a belief that you have actually can serve you in the short term even if it is limiting right And so what it is is the brain is always trying to preserve resources. So the reason why a limiting belief might be there or a belief that doesn't serve you it's there because it prevents you because this is what the, the the brain's thinking you know I'm, I might get hurt I might not feel safe so the the, the limiting belief, Is there as a way to in the short term keep with what you're familiar with, keep with what you know. And if you if you stay with that, because you're familiar with it, the 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 idea, because the brain's weighing out cost and benefits. What it's thinking is if I have this new belief, what am I going to lose? How much energy is that going to take? And sometimes it's you know it's much easier going with the familiar and staying in that familiar. Because the thought of doing something else is like, how do, how do I do it? What do I have to change? How much money will I have to spend? Will I lose people? Because in some ways, when we start to change our beliefs, we're also changing our identity. Mm. And therefore, the question becomes, well, who will I be? I think the question is, mm. who do I want to be?
0: So, it's almost like a safety me- mechanism. Exactly. It's keeping everything in check. Um, mm-hmm. So, we don't do anything which we wouldn't feel comfortable. And a lot of us are fearful. So, a lot of people that are in relationships, for example, feel that they are not going to find anyone better or they feel fearful that they're not going to be loved again. So, you know, whilst, you know, the the, the, the safety checks and balances are really important. Once we get under the skin of our limiting beliefs, can it help us kind of move forward once we know, actually, I'm safe here, I continue to move forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you need to ask yourself, first of
1: all, what are my beliefs? Um, How are these beliefs serving me? Are they serving me? And if they're not serving me, um, what would be the cost of changing or adjusting that belief? And and I think what's important is if we're not happy in a situation, if we don't like a situation, or if you don't want to be in that situation, you have to think of what the alternative is, you know. And I think a lot of people get stuck in their in their, in their belief system because the, the brain goes on a loop. Um, and it's, of course, you know, we've been programmed with our beliefs, haven't we? Mm. So because we've programmed with our beliefs over and over and over again with our parents saying the same thing, we go to school, schools say the same thing. Society, we, you know, we're bombarded with with pretty much the same thing all the time. So, as the external environment programs you, you're programming yourself. So now, what it is is you need to reprogram yourself over and over and over and over again for a new belief to happen. Mm. You know, you can't just say to yourself, "Oh, I, I you know, I, I I need to change." You have to really feel that this is a situation that you really need. To get out of, you know, you have to, you have to need to want to believe in something else.
0: Well, that's fascinating, and certainly the bit that you wrote, say around um, being hardwired and the influences that you have as you're growing up, and that's something I really want to touch on, actually, because obviously this is a good brown girl podcast. You know, obviously, and you know, I wanted to put the microscope, you know, a little bit more on that the part of limiting beliefs might play from a cultural or religious perspective. So so from what you say, people's beliefs are shaped by a complex interplay of, you know, cultural, social, you know, family, personal factors. However, there are some really common societal and cultural influences that individuals uh, have to grapple with. So, you know, even speaking personally, beliefs around career. So I did a law degree, you know, relationships. I only dated Indian men. And then there's these feelings, you know, in, in our society, which, you know, can occur of inadequacy or comparison, you know, being a big thing. Certainly when I was growing up uh, and there are expectations of perfectionism or, you know, even a limiting voice, you know, in my own head that said, well, you can't do that. You're a girl and, and boys are more important or, you know, respect your elders. So everything they say is right. So. So how do people, especially from similar backgrounds, you know, know what their limiting beliefs are and what, you know, what are the common signs that a person, you know, might be operating under those limiting beliefs? Mm. Wow. It's quite a loaded question. (laughs) Um,
1: So I think if we take a look at the similarities across the board and, you know, what might be going on for, for, for people who who have these uh, limiting beliefs. And we can see that some of the, you know, you look at the behavior, right? What are they having to, to adjust? So if, if if you just go by your gut feel, something doesn't feel right. Mm. Listen to that. You know, if something doesn't feel that it's inherently correct. And what it is, is if you find yourself comparing, why does the older brother in my family get all of this? And as, as us girls, why do we not... Why do we not get what's what's going on there so in, in other words what it is is one of the things that i've seen is that there's a general uh, acceptance about how things are right so a belief is handed down and you say oh well well yeah well he's the boy so he's going to get all the inheritance i beg your pardon right so some of the, some of the issues are uh, is that we we come from you know old traditions and then pseudo old and new traditions with, you know, third generation, for instance, right? So how do you, you know, how, how do you, how do you observe um, what is traditional and respecting your, 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 parents versus, you know, how things might be very different for you. So one is we, we take a look at what is it that we're accepting? Are we comparing with, with our siblings? Are we in some ways using justification? Well, you know, that's okay you know, it's because he, he is the older one. Oh, it's okay, you know, um, I'm staying with my aunt and, you know, we, we all stay with our aunt and it's her house. So uh, obviously I, I have to cook all the meals and buy all the food and and uh, clean the house, you know? <laughs> so, and and what is it that, so some of the other things, are we bending over backwards? Are we making excuses? Are we justifying? Are we um, perhaps, um feeling like as if we don't want to ruffle the waters Mm -hmm. are we feeling like as if we are not important enough you know this is uh hierarchical so we can't you know we we can't challenge it so there are a number a number of things um that that may go on in terms of how you know how we maintain our uh, limiting beliefs
0: and we have so many, right? I know I had, you've had probably had to unpick so many from me that actually, I didn't even know were belief systems, right? So the only way that you could have me move forward and reframe was, you know, doing the hard work where we say, actually, where is this thought process coming from? This is why you behave in a certain way. And that's not an overnight process. Certainly for people like me that it's not always obvious in terms of what uh, what I feel are belief systems that come from somewhere else. So I think you know we, we all kind of suffer from a little bit of that. But how do we get to a place where one we can start to really uncover what they are? Because obviously I, I'm hitting fifty now, so for me it's starting to become a bit more obvious. that The same behaviours keep playing out for me, so I know actually is this my belief system, or is this something that I've learned along the way? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting better. At being able to spot that. But I guess, you know, if you're in a place where you don't even think you've got limiting beliefs, right? You say, this is my makeup. This is the way I am. How do you start to see what those are? And how do you challenge them?
1: Mm, another good question. So there's a very, very, very simple way of, of doing this, right? And it's, it's, so, it's going to be so easy. You know, your listeners and viewers are going to be like, what is
0: happening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get a piece of paper. And if you write down the words, I can't, or I will not, Mm. or I don't feel, or I have to, okay? So if you just put the I don't, okay? I will not, I don't want to. You'll you'll pretty soon be able to lay out what these beliefs are. Mm. I don't feel attractive. I don't like my body. I will not go out on Sundays you believe that oh i believe that you know i i have to stay in on sundays because that's my day of rest where did you get that belief from um, or i will not go out on a date with a guy who is shorter than me so where does that belief come from so that's one way of doing it
0: just actually on that because we can talk about going to obviously being able to challenge that but especially mm-hmm. in the world where we're in this kind of body dysmorphia and one of the says is you know i don't like so naturally a big one is a lot of people who say i don't like my body so if we were to take that as an example of something which is a limiting belief because i think this exercise actually is just mind-blowing because it's so simple Mm. um and i guess you need to do it in a very freestyle kind of way so you're not thinking about it you just say i can't i don't so you know taking i don't like my body for example how how once you've you've read that, and actually it's quite illuminating when you've written it down. What would you do to challenge that? As just as an example, how would you challenge that? There is
1: a very simple uh, a technique. Another simple technique that involves the hands. Hmm. Now, say for example, you take your left hand down. Hmm. Now, on your left hand, you just look at the palm, right? And in the middle of your palm, you are saying, "I don't feel attractive." Hmm. like my body so that's in the middle of your path now what then you do is you list out five limiting beliefs you have five digits as to what maintains this thought or this belief Mm, okay so we might say um, i don't like my body because what maintains that thinking um we might say i don't get dates you know, I don't get dates. No one asks me out. We might say, you know, my body type is 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 different. We might say that, you know, um, my 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 colleagues look at me in a certain way. We might say, what else?
0: Um, I, I, do, I don't like the way I look in clothes. Like my clothes don't fit me. Yeah,
1: properly, no, my clothes don't, or, don't yeah. fit me. And then you have another one that says um, you know my sister gets most of the attention mm. in the family. Mm. okay so now you've got your 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 limiting belief and then you've got the, the what maintains it now if you take your right palm mm. okay, I'm there so you've got that there yeah and you are looking at the middle of your palm now you want to have a new belief mm. okay so you want to have a positive belief and what's the positive belief the positive belief might be where would you like to get to that? I accept my body for what it is. So now what five new beliefs do you need to maintain in order to go with, I accept my body for what it is. So you might say, well, I'm going to buy clothes that fit me, or I'm going to focus on my, on the other parts of my body that, that I like. I'm going to speak, better of myself. I'm going to think about the words that I use when I talk about myself. Mm. I'm going to um, use affirmations. I might also start mingling with, with people who are more positive for me, right? So now when you look at these two, you've got your limiting beliefs and now you've got your new positive belief. So you're looking at it and what we want to do is every morning when you wake up, to the bathroom and you're looking at this or it can be anywhere (laughs) and when you're looking at your 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 new beliefs what you want to do is you want to take this hand and you want to start doing this
0: wow almost kind of squashing it isn't it overpowering it yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and you you are actually also rewarding yourself in some ways Mm. what it is is we want these limiting beliefs to sort of you know, you want to reconstruct them. Mm. And so you have, when you're clapping your hands, you're saying, yay, I know Mm. what these are. I know what I'm going to do, right? And have gratitude for these moments of awareness. And then every day, we're just going to do it every day. Bring your hands
0: together, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I think it's really, really important to, um, you know, awareness is something that we absolutely need to have. And we talk about, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, what are the steps that we need to, in order to, to, to change a limiting belief? And again, we use the rule of, of five. So the first thing is being aware of what these uh, limiting beliefs are. And, you know, we've said that you can just write, I can't, I will not. Mm-hmm. So being aware of it is, is essentially the question, where does it come from? Where does it come from? Where does it come from? So understanding where it comes from is really important because, you know, I think we, we all have stories where something comes from is usually tied to something, stories and emotion. You know, you told a story and you were made to feel scared or someone told you a story and it was the person of authority and you, you believed it, you didn't challenge it. Mm. So, so the first thing is a, um, awareness of where that story comes from. I'm going to sort of deviate a little bit and tell you a little story mm. of, of how, you know, I discovered that, you know, my own limiting beliefs and I didn't know it was a limiting belief. Mm. Right. So when I was um, 24 years old, I was in the gym and I was, I was feeling really proud of myself. You know, I could afford a, a gym membership. Mm-hmm. And um, but I was a little bit fearful of using these massive, you know, pieces of equipment. Mm. So I just thought I'd walk on the treadmill because, <laughs> you know, I couldn't run. So I was walking on the treadmill walking 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 it was like this for for weeks at all. Hmm. and uh, one day I I you know was feeling a little bit brave and I started to look around me <laughs> and I noticed that the person beside me was about 20 years older and I'm like wow they're jogging so then I decided to match their pace and I started jogging too <laughs> and was quite content until a few weeks later I saw somebody else who was uh, three times older and I thought gosh they're (laughs) running really fast
0: Mm.
1: why can't I do that and I'm like I can't do that anyway I matched their pace and then not long after I was running fast for up to an hour I was running up to a speed of 11 and and that's fast Mm. uh, for a tiny person and I just thought Hang on a minute. This is this is so odd. Why did I believe that I couldn't run? Where did this come from? Mm. And I started to think about my story and then I remembered that when I was um 8 years old, I had my appendix re- removed. And I remember the surgeon saying to me, "Whatever you do, don't run." Wow. I never ran and I managed to get out of activities in school. I became the school librarian and just did everything to avoid exercise and running it came to a point when as the years went by i actually forgot what my story was wow and and then it occurred to me at that point i thought hang on a minute what other beliefs do i have Mm. so i listed them all out on a piece of paper and this is what i did i wrote down i can't eat egg yolk i can't eat liver so what was the story with the egg yolk the story of the egg, egg yolk was when I was a, a little child, someone in the family was, was feeding me and they said, uh, oh, you know, this is this is where the um, mama chicken comes from. Mm. And uh, I never had egg yolk again. Wow. But what I realized, though, was the moment, what happens with the awareness aspect is that when you're aware of all these things come from, you are aware of your story. Now, something happens in the brain. Now, all of a sudden, I was able to then eat egg yolk. I was able to eat cheese, dal, and so I came out with a line. I actually came out with a line that said, "I am never going to believe anything I say again." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant.
1: So the, the the second step of um, you know this, this, I call it the five A's, is is really to assess whether your belief is true or not? You know, is there evidence in this? And the, the assessment itself, because you have choice every step every step of the way into assessing this belief is, is this true? Is this true today? Mm. Does, this, does this still work? Does it still apply? And then we're taking a look at, okay, if, if it no longer serves you, if that yeah. belief no longer serves you, then what is it that you need to adjust So you might say I need, so in the case of um, someone who um, is, you know, doesn't feel, you know, that they're not happy with their bodies, what do I need to adjust? Is it the thinking that needs to adjust? Do I need to change my environment? Um, You know, perhaps change my um, uh, exercise regime, my, my diet, in order to have a, new belief. Mm, mm. We might ask ourselves that, you know, if there is an an alternate belief, what what would that look like? Mm. And then, you know, and if we find this new belief and we say, okay, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to accept um, how I am and my body type, I'm going to accept. Then what is it that perhaps if there is acceptance, how am I going to accept it? What, what would I need to say? So then now we're taking a look at affirmations and perhaps we might say that affirmation is you know i trust that whoever loves me will love me for all that i am Mm. for all the shapes and sizes that i may be from one time from one life stage to another life stage you know so the the affirmations based on changing a a, a belief system is so important it's like your mantra Mm. now look at this hand every day looking at the the new positive belief mm. every day. And then, you know, finally, it's the application because changing a belief system is enough, not enough. You say, okay, I accept myself, yeah, but apply it. And it requires practice over and over and over again. Just as, just as much as you program yourself throughout the years with one way of thinking, now if you adopt a new approach and reconstruct that belief, it's going to require repetition. Mm.
0: And I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes for us, that's, you know, kind of the hardest part, the application, almost with everything is is the tough part because you have to get into a place where um, you're very motivated to do that. And having awareness is nothing if you don't have the application. So mm. it's something like you say that you need to continue to develop. And as you were talking, we hear a lot now about neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're hearing more and more about it, and the fact that we can rewire our brains off whatever term that we want to use around it, and a lot of this is exactly what you're saying that we don't have to be stuck with this belief system as we once upon a time thought that we'd have we would have to, uh, mm-hmm. whatever we'd learned from childhood. we can now actually, like you say, use those five steps that, that you've just mentioned and actually be able to recreate a new world from ourselves. But we've got to have that honesty point, that awareness and really being able to to get under the skin of what those belief systems are. You can reframe your thinking and you can change your world around with the motivation and, you know, putting the the work in to be able to do it. Absolutely. And the key word
1: that you use there is, you know, reframing because reframing things. And the thing about a belief is it's, it's a belief. It's how we view something. Mm. Right. So if we were to adjust that, and we say, "Okay, do you have any other beliefs?" Mm. And, and that's essentially reframing, right, mm. how you think about something. So, if you if you believe that um, all black cats are, um, you know, are, are bad luck, okay, <laughs> you know, if, if we were to reframe that, you might say all, all black cats are just cats. <laughs> or we <laughs> that we say all black cats are they might have lots of character, you know. So it, it, it just I think reframing is is such a wonderful way of um, lifting you out of uh, a, a way of thinking. Mm. and offering a, a fair chance. I think the whole thing about how we get stuck with something, and and how uh, the choices that we make in life mm. and it goes on repeat and it's a it's a pattern says a lot about that that belief itself. Mm. And beliefs are so powerful. You know, and, and it's very, very difficult to shift a belief, very tough, mm. actually, because, um, you know, we, we get comfortable.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I think the really tricky part is that we don't actually think it's a bad belief. So, you know, for example, especially, you know, talking a lot about society and cultural um, mm-hmm. beliefs, You know, a lot of us are very um, protective over our culture, very protective over our religion. And I think there are beliefs that we have that may not necessarily serve serve us in certain ways, but actually we hold those firm in our minds. And we can have the awareness and say, actually, I do X, Y and Z because it's part of my religion, it's part of my culture but actually get into the place where that we can unpick that and say, actually, well, this bit isn't actually serving me and feeling brave about that. And I talk a lot about in, you know, these podcasts and, you know, the the, the blogs I do is around finding courage to be able to have those open dialogues with yourself and saying, actually, whilst it's important, it doesn't take anything away from, you know, for me being a good Sikh girl or, you know, being part of Punjabi or Indian society, I'm still that person, but actually these particular parts don't serve me in my journey going forward and an example is that you know is my divorce uh, which you know I, I got divorced good 14 15 years ago at a time when it was so taboo and so against society and community and I'm lucky my friends and my beautiful family supported me but you know if I were to allow my social my religious my cultural you know beliefs in d- during that time then I probably wouldn't have made any moves so I guess that that's a tough part isn't it when you, you're, you're trying to balance how what you believe and what you want to do as opposed to not wanting to deviate from what is seen to be the right thing to do correct
1: correct it takes a lot of courage mm. because you, are, you know essentially breaking away from beliefs that are tied into a value system
0: yeah um,
1: and I you know I I wonder if ultimately the 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 place to uh, to get to is not to have any beliefs at all, and that you know that's probably another podcast. Mm. But I, I, and, and another school is another school of thought is is just quite the opposite is to have you know what's the opposite of limited um, beliefs unlimited. Mm. Unlimited is. What about this? What about that? Have you thought about this? Can we do that? Um and you know, so is is could it be that that maybe we should all as 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 a society, as is, you know, um humankind should be getting to a place where all things are possible. And, and yes, that requires courage. It requires breaking the mold, stepping out of what we know, um, getting out of the box, thinking out of the box.
0: And I think uh, to your point, I'm just using from my experiences as well, and some of the ones that you have mentioned. Um, you know, from from your you know kind of younger years is you know, when you go onto your left hand and say actually that these are the new beliefs that I want is to be able to to continue to reinforce them and realize actually what impact do you think by, you know, those beliefs that you've now got on your left hand, what what do you think is going to impact other people? Because for me, you know, the paranoia set in, certainly when I was going through a divorce, you know, what are community going to say? What are other people going to say? Well, how am I family going to feel? But actually all of those beliefs were incorrect because I had a very supportive family and actually society, community, whoever they are, they get over it. So, yeah. so it's also actually then working across that and saying, well, actually what I'm I'm not harming anybody and what I what what, the fear that set in actually is this a realistic fear
1: yeah exactly and it is true I think a a lot of things are 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 in in our heads you know it sits in our heads and it sits in our hearts as being really heavy Um, but but if you come out and you say hey you know this is what I'm doing you know are you know are you really going to be loved less
0: Mm. or be a trailblazer like you. <laughs> I'm working on it. Thanks to you, I'm working on it. But, uh, but yes, you helped me remove those beliefs. And actually, the bit that I just said there is—is is, you know, you know, you and I often talked about this—is being almost. Um, held back by uh, things that you think aren't actually even true, like me thinking society wants me to do this, my community, my family, my friends, my employees, they want me to do this. And actually a lot of these beliefs aren't correct, so really challenging them is really important. The bit that you picked up, and I'm going slightly off piece, but I think this is really important for us to understand our brains and why they work this way. And you were brilliant in being able to get me to understand this, and it's fascinating. It's about how our brains have not evolved why do we have so much fear? Why do we have so much stress? Why do we have so much anxiety when a lot of the time, these thoughts and feelings that we have aren't real?
1: Mm. Yes. So so it's a lot bigger in, in, in our heads, right? So one of, the, one of the reasons is because it stays in our heads, mm. right? You know, it, it stays there and it builds. So it's not like you're, you're laying it out on a piece of paper and you go, okay, now what? And now what? And now what? Is what happens with, uh, with this kind of uh, way of being is, is what we call rumination. So we ruminate a lot, and rumination is, is, is essentially the oscillation of thinking going backwards and forwards like a rocking chair, mm. but we're not quite getting anywhere. And so there's a kind of, of stuckness. And, and that energy kind of builds over time. So then it becomes a lot bigger. And the other thing is is quite often the second reason is quite often we we imagine that society or people are spending just as much thinking about us as we are thinking about mm. ourselves the reality is is that you know someone may get upset with you or be unhappy with you but it might be in the short term but you know we're, we're carrying this in, in our heads because we imagine oh they're going to think this or going to think this and we spend hours thinking about it thinking that that is exactly the you know the the amount of time they're spending with it mm. so 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 what helps is really writing it down talking about it using the and what and and and, and then what and then what to help the brain get unstuck and less loaded as it were we might also say that depending on on how um, you know you make decisions um, you, one would take a look at your your decision making you know how are you with decisions because some people um, are are terrible with uh, making decisions it mm. depends they might they might make great decisions when it comes to finance, mm. but then terrible decisions when it comes to relationships so I think sometimes. It, the idea of having something, you know, something in, in, in your head, uh, making a decision that the, you know, the, the cost is just way, way too much. And I think what happens is there's this kind of procrastination. I'll, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. So, so then it's there and it becomes this big, huge thing you know because it's been sat there for so long mm, <laughs> done
0: so, with. Yeah. so it's
1: for time <laughs> you know I think that as soon as you discover that something doesn't serve you, you attend to it
0: and it's getting better in practice in that I mean we, we hear a lot you know from wonderful amazing people like Eckhart Tolle about the importance of being in the present moment because obviously we can start to free ourselves from our mind and you know, we see, we're seeing a huge rise, even more so in depression and anxiety. And, you know, one of the, the hardest things is being able to have that detachment from the mind, because that's nirvana, right? Is when we're in meditation, we are detaching ourselves from the mind. And that's why we feel so peaceful. We have so much energy, is because we can get to a place where we are at peace. But I think one of the most difficult things for people to do is to be able to, exactly to your point, is be able to catch ourselves. When that rumination is happening, you're saying actually that's a repetitive behavior uh, mm. that you've got. That's a that's a, 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 a fact in your mind that actually isn't true. So it's fictional. How do we get to a place where we're able to catch those thoughts?
1: So, Dal, there are two kinds of thinking in in, in general, right? Two types of thinking or, or ways of thinking. So one is structured and one is unstructured. Now, structured thinking is when you have a thought and you're saying, um, okay. I need to plan a holiday um, because I'd like to go away um, in the summer. So structured thinking is when you have a thought, you start the planning, and you form a series of actions to get you there. Mm. So it's constructive and it's productive. Mm. So that's structured thinking. Now, unstructured thinking is where the rumination happens and you're oscillating. So you're thinking, um, I I should really ask the boss for um, a pay rise oh, uh, but then um, I got a pair eyes last year, maybe I shouldn't, I haven't been performing that well. And you have one thought after another thought after another thought, it's not productive, it's not constructive. And furthermore, every accompanying thought leads to an undesirable emotion, right? So now the structured thinking is generally a frontal lobe, which is planning, decision-making, um, forward thinking, You know, sort of putting things together. And unstructured thinking tends to be more sort of back brain, which is where your amygdala, your, your emotions are. So what we should try to do is have more structured thinking, depending on the context. Mm. And when it comes to unstructured thinking, you need to catch yourself. And as soon as you realize that, okay, I've already gone to one question and another question, and now I'm looping. Mm. So what, what, um, you know, a, a strategy that I, I like to use is, is I'm going to take out my little prop here <laughs> Then you have a, a, a little ball, cute mm. little uh, face. Now, what it is, is the moment you realize that you have a thought in your head and you ask yourself, what is this thought? Is it structured or unstructured? And you say, okay, if this is a thought and it's not serving me and I need to drop that ball. I need to answer it. So, in other words, if I'm going to ask my boss for a raise, am I going to ask my boss for a raise? Yes. Okay. When am I going to do it? Tomorrow. Ball drops. Now, as soon as the ball drops, you're not allowed to pick up that ball again. Like, am I going to ask him for a raise? No, no. You've already answered the question. Mm. So, structured and unstructured thinking is sort of a, a you know, just a sort of a very simple little technique you can use to help you with perhaps even beliefs like if you have a belief like oh i i'm I'm not good enough yeah my boss didn't give me a raise unstructured thinking oh yeah my my sister didn't get me a present oh oh, um my 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 neighbor had a party and didn't invite. okay so now what we want to do is you want to be able to drop that ball and in order to do so we're going to say okay I'm not going to be concerned about what other people think because I'm more interested in a set of beliefs that I can create for myself that really work for me. And and these are: I'm not going to be bothered that I wasn't invited to a party. I'm still going to keep buying my sister birthday presents. It doesn't matter what she gets me. I know she loves me. Mm. Ball drops.
0: And off it goes. Wow. That, that's such a, sounds so simple as well, that, that technique, but I think it's like you say, you're bringing it to your awareness. Once you have brought it to your awareness and there's also almost a physical activity attached to it that actually in your mind, it becomes fact, it becomes a, well, I've done it. So I love that. There's that actual kind of physical, you know, being able to to, to let go, even with that ball. It's like saying, off you go, right? That's done. Right. Next thought, what is it? I absolutely love that. um Unconscious time, I could just talk to you forever and ever. And I'm sure our listeners <laughs> would want to hear. Um, we're in the new year now. So I'm just thinking there's lots there. You've given some great practical exercises. Just in terms of summary, if we wanted to set some realistic goals, could you just summarise what is it that we need to be doing to get really, if we want to reframe our thinking and really kind of get to a place where we're reinventing ourselves and removing ourselves from limiting beliefs that have held us back, how would you just summarise some really kind of uh, quick goals that we can do or exercises that we can do now, um, I guess summarising some of what you said, and how do we make that stick? How do we hold ourselves accountable for that?
1: So, uh, you know, keeping it simple because you don't want to have, you don't want to change, ten or twelve, you know, all these beliefs. You want to pick, you want to pick two, you know. And I think you're going to have to ask yourself which one of these beliefs are are beliefs that are going to to really make me happy. Mm. And you know, happiness is about your 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 mental well being. It's about joy. It's about peace. You know, it's about being calm. So I think you want to be able to pick to work on something that is realistic. You want to keep it simple. And also something that you, you know, it's a, it's a belief that is going to be so positive for you. And what makes it stick is doing the hand exercise Mm. every day. And that's just one, you know, if my limiting belief is that I don't matter. Now I'm saying I matter. Mm. Right? And all you need to do is just focus on I matter and what and what are these five things that are going to make me feel that I matter? What do I need to maintain? Boundaries, say nice things to myself, right? Yeah. Um, me first, for instance. So, so in other words, if you just keep it simple by saying, okay, I'm going to start with this one, and I'm going to make sure that you know it's it's there every day. That's all you need.
0: Mm. When we articulate something out loud, or we tell somebody something like, so say, for example, I don't know, if you want to change your career, you say, right, this year I'm going to have a new job and it's going to be, and then you can be descriptive as you want. But is there something kind of, uh, I don't know if there's scientifically or, you know, whatever it is that says that when we start to articulate things, whether we're writing it or whether we're saying it out loud, that actually, um, and a lot of people talk about putting it out into the universe, but, you know, mm-hmm. Is that, a, is that a method that you could use to be able to really start to, to shift things? Absolutely.
1: I think when you, when you, you know, when you write it down, it's like a contract, mm, right? And I you could that. also write yourself a letter. So, Dal, what I like to do every year is I like to have a headline, like a theme for the year. And, and so, um, you know, my, my theme for, for 2024 is completion, it's simple. You know, I like simple, simple ideas. I don't like, you know, complicated stuff, but um, it's a simple thing. And if you, if you have a, a headline every year, okay, you know, last year might be, say, for example, saving, you know, saving the planet, looking after the environment. So what is it this year? Well, last year might be for somebody else, or, you know, this year might be for me. Now, I think if you put things down onto, onto paper, it's, it's a contract. Yes. Yes. And if you have a theme, that's also very helpful. Mm. Um, furthermore, the the idea of uh, communicating to someone, or having a a friend or a buddy that you can team up with to say, okay, let's hold each other accountable. That's mm. great. Um, and I think the other thing that 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 this is you know tricking the mind is you 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 if you want to say, um, in twenty twenty four, you want to be able to exercise more instead of thinking i'm going to exercise more just sign up so in other words what you're doing is you're you know you're forcing yourself because if you really signed up you just have to do it
0: yeah you've got to take action now right yeah yeah it's forcing you i love that i think that's so helpful and i think you know, just having that kind of practical actionable measures is really important so you mentioned uh just as, as we kind of close we, you talked a lot about you know within that is happiness and that's you know, I'm a happyologist, I'm always trying to to help people kind of develop their mindset to understanding they're happy. And, you know, we often talk about the happiness pie. So, you know, research and there's mounds of it says that 10% of happiness is based on circumstances, 50% is on genetics, and 40% is intentional activity. So, so you can control almost, if you total up the the circumstances around you up to 50% of it, And I think we spend so much time trying to make others happy, but we rarely stop and ask us what makes us happy. So, you know, I think what you're saying is certainly around goals, I would say is when we're setting our goals and that theme for the year is around actually what makes me happy uh, and how can I achieve that? Because I don't think we afford ourselves the time to actually say, uh, what makes us happy is what makes you happy and what makes me happy are probably very different things or uh, you know everyone no one's not one person thinks the same way so I'd certainly say that you know investing time to actually stop and say what makes me with a capital m e happy as opposed to everybody else is something I guess people should really think about Mm. and certainly when their goals I mean you've given me so much there uh I've already got my goals set for this year but I think I'm going to tweak them a little bit more and I think um I'm really excited about some of the actionable activities that you've given what I normally do at the end of these things is two quick fire questions so i would be really keen to get a sense from you what's your key to happiness
1: my key to happiness um well you know staying as present as as much as possible and you know I, I don't want to say it sort of loosely. Mm. There's so many things there, right? Um for me ultimately ha- happiness is really about growth and growth is being able to it's that moment when you, you you realize in some ways when you are wrong. And it's a funny thing to be happy about. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think as a psychologist um you know I'm always looking to understand, always looking to, to change, always looking to, to be, to, to not go down the road that I, that I usually go to and sit with the discomfort. Mm. So ha- happiness is, is when you sort of discover something, uh, that you thought was, and then you, you kind of realize, oh no, it, it isn't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of nice. Happiness is also about uh, being able to, to let go and, and not hold on to to things in a way that that shackles you Mm. For me um staying present and and being able to to experience as much as possible and and being kind i think kindness makes me happy you know um being of service to 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 people
0: yeah And you've got that in bucket loads, certainly your kindness and and how much service uh, uh, and what you do for other people. And that's a a, a, a really great summary. The other question I was going to ask is, if you knew then what you do now, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? So what advice would you give yourself? Don't worry so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Don't worry so much.
1: I, I, I now know that... There is always an answer, but if you don't get your answer right now, that you just have to trust the universe. You no, know, trust the universe that if you don't get what you want, there's probably a reason for it, and um, you know what can you learn from that? And it's it's like humans humans worry too much. You know they they care too much about what other people think, but it takes time. To get to a place where you're able to just trust, because we we're all control freaks, you know. We mm. want to control. We want to control. You know what people say about us. We want to control what we do. You know, everything's about being able to sort of monitor things. Mm. And, and I feel that whilst you go through different stages in your life, and it's important to have some control over certain things that ultimately it's, it's okay to to not have control that it's you know just trust everything's gonna be okay you'll find an answer
0: mm, I love that and I think you know I'm just looking at the two questions that I asked you and actually what theme comes from that is a sense of freedom it's almost giving yourself a sense of freedom and just letting things go and and I know that you used to reinforce this a lot during our conversations. And one of the things that I definitely took away was, and you were absolutely right, of course, was uh, let it go, right? The universe will work it out for you if you trust. And actually, as soon as I was able to let go, everything else just started to fall into place. Mm-hmm. Rather than me trying to, you know, attach myself to the the need and the desire for things to happen. When we when we trust the universe and we let go, and to your point around freedom within your mind, it's so liberating. Yeah, so liberating i could talk to you forever uh, <laughs> and i will continue to i'm sure constantly bug you because i think you're amazing and i think there's so many more podcasts i'd absolutely love to do with you and you've given people so much food for thought and so much to be able to take into 2024 so i am so very grateful to you and all your amazing advice and i wish everybody lots of love and light thank you thank you <laughs> thanks for tuning in lovely listeners any questions or thoughts Drop me an email at dalthehappyologist.com and follow me on my social media, The Happyologist, to stay connected for regular empowering insights to supercharge your journey to purpose.